All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to a Tuesday, October 10th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. I'm Tyler Rumchuk. He is Frank Saravalli. The show, as always, is brought to you by Botano. And for our Canadian viewers, we hope you had a fantastic long weekend. To our American viewers, we hope you had a good Monday. Frank, you had a good Monday. You're out in Pittsburgh. How's it going? It's good. Yeah, here for Connor Bedard Mania, which begins tonight against the Pittsburgh Penguins for the Chicago Blackhawks. The 18-year-old phenom making his debut, but... Man, can't believe the season's here. Feels like the longest preseason run-up after 748 days. God said, let there be real hockey. And so tonight they will play. Yes, it is exciting. A solid slate as well to kick things off in the NHL, but it's highlighted by the debut of Connor Bedard. So let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up and dig into exactly that. The reason why Frank drove across the state of Pennsylvania to go to Pittsburgh to see this guy in action, his first regular season game. Connor Bedard didn't score a goal in his first three preseason games, but like you said, Frank, preseason hockey doesn't matter at all. It all starts tonight for Bedard. What's the buzz been like in Pittsburgh and around the rink, Frank, as you uh, start to cover his big debut? It's actually been electric. The Pittsburgh Penguins media request wise, it's been close to the level of a Stanley Cup final. That's how many people are expected to be in the press box to see Connor Bedard make his debut against Sidney Crosby. And look, I think a lot of people, myself included, are expecting big things in my 32 bold predictions, which we'll get to in a second today on dailyfaceoff.com. I said Connor Bedard 100 point debut season hasn't been done since. Sidney Crosby in 2005-06. So 
look, this is a guy that has an incredible amount of skill. We know about the shot, which is next level elite comes in as a top two or three shot in the NHL already. Some people have talked about his skating being better than anticipated, but in a conversation that I had yesterday with Blackhawks GM Kyle Bedard, uh, Kyle Davidson, not Kyle Bedard, he said um, it's really the vision that stands out for him. He's able to make things happen and see things and process things that is such an elite talent. Uh, it's on a different level than just about everyone else. So um, I'm just I'm excited to see it all kind of come together. You never know if he has a, a monster debut, a, a four goal game along the lines of a, a Matthews. Happens uh, once in a lifetime, whether it's quiet or whether it's somewhere in between. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Austin Matthews one is one example. Connor McDavid had a pretty quiet first game in the NHL by his standards. Was there. Yeah, so we'll see. But at the, same time, the NHL schedule makers, Frank, didn't exactly want to make things easy on Mr. Bedard to start his career. You're in Sidney Crosby's house tonight. Then you got back-to-backs to go up and play the Boston Bruins. You're in the Bell Center on a Saturday night to face off against the Habs and then a Monday nighter in Toronto. That is quite the gauntlet to start his NHL career. Welcome to the NHL. If if Marc-Andre Fleury didn't welcome him enough last week with that trip in the preseason shootout, this is a pretty good way to get your feet wet. Now, I'm just excited to see he's handled everything perfectly to this point. All the expectation, the attention, the cameras, the Pat McAfee show appearance on Monday in the car. I mean, this kid has been able to do it all and he's handled it with such grace. Um, It sort of reminds you a little bit of Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid a little bit in terms of how he's handled all that. Yeah, nothing makes my eyes roll harder than when players like Bedard in training camp go, well, I I just want to make the team. I'm going to focus on making the team. And it's like, I'm pretty sure you're good connor uh, so those- you, you want to hear the best part about that i actually asked kyle davidson yesterday like did you roll your eyes at all when bedard was saying like oh if i make the team he was like dude i told him before training camp started to go buy a place like he's like it <laughs> there was never even like a question of if he was going to make the team like this was the plan all along and he knew it yeah so uh regina pats fans i don't think you're getting him back after his nine game trial i think connor bedard is gonna stick Uh, For those wondering when he'll make his home debut in Chicago, it comes on October 21st. And again, they're not making it easy on him. The defending Stanley Cup champions are rolling into the United Center in the Vegas Golden Knights for a Saturday night matchup. So that should be electric as well. Must watch TV tonight as Bedard begins his career against the Penguins. You hinted at your bold predictions, Frank. So let's take a few minutes here and dissect a few. You gave me a little sneak peek yesterday. So I got to pick through, see which ones I really wanted to come at you about. But they are up now at dailyfaceoff.com. We're going to start in the East, and you have a team who made the Stanley Cup Finals last year missing the playoffs this season. Explain to me. Do the math for me. Show your work. How are the Florida Panthers not going to be one of the best eight teams in the East? Okay, so I don't know if there's really that much math required. Like, Let me remind you that last year they were the eighth seed that had 92 points that actually lost their way into the Stanley cup playoffs and went on a run to the cup final. So no one was really expecting the run, but for me, when you look back at last year's season for the Panthers who scuffled and were like seven points out of a playoff spot last Christmas, they got such incredible production from someone like Brandon Montour, 70 point season. He's out until what GM Bill Zito described this week as a December 15th timeframe. Same thing with Aaron Ekblad. And so 
when I look at this Panthers team, I was saying they're already pretty top heavy, meaning they're not balanced really that appropriately on the salary cap. They've got high end forwards and then their defense is really kind of just run of the mill, especially with those two guys out. So when you take a look at their defense core, I'm like, holy smokes, that for me, can they hang on until those guys get back? Maybe they could still be in the mix, but if not, you're really asking a lot of Sergei Bobrovsky and Anthony Stolarz, who's their backup, not Spencer Knight, to start the year. Yeah, that was something you hinted at last week on the show was that Spencer Knight could see some time in the American League as they look to get him some reps. That is exactly what ends up playing out this time of so, year. Oh, I was going to say, tell me what, like, I wanted you to look through the the bold predictions and tell me what you think is trash. Because there's there's invariably when you make bold predictions, that's how it works. Yeah, I, I didn't see a lot in there that I thought was straight up trash. Like, I do kind of agree with you on the Florida Panthers one. Like, I don't think that roster is that good. And they were a hair away from missing the playoffs last year. Didn't go out and get better. Yeah, like, they could very realistically miss. Um. 50 goal scorer Cole Caulfield I had some beef with if we're sticking with simply the Why? Eastern Conference here because I don't think there's enough there, Frank. Like, how often do guys score 50 goals on bad teams? That's going to be a bad team. Yeah, I think first off, the Canadians are probably going to be a bit better than you give them credit for because their offense is actually pretty good. It's their defense that really struggles. Um, look, he he missed a you know, half the season last year with a shoulder injury, but the games that he did play, he was on a 46 goal pace. So it's a, it's a big jump in terms of overall number and consistency and health and all those things. But production wise, it's really not that big of a jump. In fact, part of this bold prediction process anonymously, I, I solicit GMs and executives around the league asking them for their bold takes. And I modified this one. Someone said that they thought, uh, Cole Caulfield gets to 60 and I was like 60. Whoa. But I don't know. I felt a little bit comfortable, more comfortable toning it down to 50. Um, also not to poke too much fun at you, but the one that gave me the biggest chuckle was number 24 little trade chip, Nick Dowd. Yes. Frank. Wow. Stunner. Nick Dowd might get traded. Ooh. Well, it's, it's a name that I, you know, part of the exercise for this bold predictions is also to give people an eye on what might happen next. And March 8th is the trade deadline I, you know most people wouldn't even be able to tell you who nick dowd plays for but he's Correct. the line center for the washington capitals that i'm telling you i've gotten multiple calls already from teams asking hey what do you think happens this year with the caps and nick dowd they see him as an ideal piece to add to a cup contender and there's going to be a lot of teams that are interested if the caps are out of the mix especially someone that has another year left on his deal there was one other Eastern Conference prediction that I found very interesting. It's the reason why at the bottom of the screen here, wherever it is, you see a picture of a Detroit Red Wing. Coaches on the hot seat, Frank. It's always a fun little thing to keep an eye on this time of year. You think Derek Lalonde could be the first coach to lose his job? So I actually took that out of the final cut. Oh, but that's okay that you left it in. I'm happy to talk about it because I do think that Steve Eiserman, for one, is feeling a little bit of heat. Um, this is year five of Steve Eis the Iser plan. They need to take a step forward. Um, I also think that he was probably pretty unhappy with how last season, not just last season played out, but the comments that Lalonde made when he was on TV uh, for Sportsnet during the playoffs that the Lightning had to come out and refute. 
Um, I think he was probably not thrilled to be in that situation and not to make too big a deal out of that, but it's pretty rare to see second year coaches end up getting the gas pipe. So I doubt that it happens. I wasn't bold enough to put that in, but what's really interesting about this year on the coaching front is I don't think there's that many guys that enter the year on the hot seat that it was kind of hard to pinpoint one in particular. Yeah. That's fair. So there you go. Uh, for all the viewers on YouTube, a little DFO live bonus pulled prediction from Frank. Uh, let's head out west here. Um, also, speaking of the Western Conference, big news yesterday. I can't believe I didn't touch on this. Hellebuck Shifley re-upped in Winnipeg. Yes, we're going to cover it. We're going to get to it in our big segment with Murat Atesh in a few minutes. Uh, but I want to talk about a team you're very, very, very high on this year, Frank. The Dallas Stars. Not only are they your Stanley Cup pick, but you have Rupe Hintz hitting the century mark for points this year. I'm assuming this means both him and Jason Robertson would hit it in your eyes. Last year, there were only two teams who had a set of players hit 100 points. It was Edmonton with McDavid and Dreisaitl. It was Colorado with McKinnon and Rantanen. You think Robertson and Hints are going to elevate themselves into that top-tier elite duo status? Yeah, the Lightning were pretty close, too, with Kucherov and Point had 51 goals. Um, why not? I think Rupe Hints is the most underappreciated star that's in the NHL. And when you consider his complete game, um, you know, the opportunity to tear things up with Robertson, um, I just think Rupe Hintz is, is ready for a big jump from that 75 point range into that, uh, century mark territory. So it's a big leap to get there. Others have made it. Um, why not? Yeah, I, I could see it. The only thing that concerns me a little when you look at his stats is his shooting percentage was a little north of 20%. You always kind of think that that should drop down a little bit after a strong season like that. But even if the goal production isn't there, like if he's riding shotgun with Jason Robertson all year, he could very easily rack up a lot of assists, kind of like he did last season. The other one I want to dig into with you, Frank, last year, I mean, you had the Panthers missing after making the Stanley Cup final. The Seattle Kraken had quite the run going on, beating the Colorado Avalanche, making the second round of the playoffs. You have them missing this year as well. Yeah, and look, um, that was a tough one. That was one that I felt pretty uncomfortable about because I really like um, the depth that Seattle has amassed, and I like the spot that they're in. Um, I also just think that when you consider some of the other teams that are in the mix for what should be you know, the latter part of their division or the wild card spots, Vancouver has some game breakers in Pedersen and Hughes, and, and I picked Thatcher Demko to win the Vezina this year. So that gives you an idea of, of what I'm thinking for the Canucks and, and how they should bounce back into uh, the playoffs. Um, you know, that's one thing that the Kraken are really missing. And you can't just get those guys on trees. I think they had a lot of, you know, players last year that ended up having career years. I don't know if Jared McCann's going to score 40 again. Obviously Daniel Sprong, he had a great year. He's not there anymore. Uh, there's a few guys that they lost Carson Soucy on the back end. You know, there's a few guys that they've chipped away at from that depth that um, I also look at their goaltending and say it was pretty bad last year and they were able to, to withstand that. Can they do it again? If Philip Grubauer is sub 900. Yeah, um, that's one of the big ones for me. Like, you kind of nailed them both. Last year, they were top five in goals scored. And I look at that roster and I go, I don't know if there's enough there, even if a Maddie Beneers takes a step forward for them to finish top five in goals again. And if they're not top five in goals, their goaltending needs to get better. I'm not sure how you can be confident in that either. But it's a nice segue, Frank, 
into our playoff picks. We're doing the Western Conference today. We'll dig into the Eastern Conference on tomorrow's show. And we both have outlined our eight teams. And there is a bit of a difference between us here. I mean, we all have, or we both have kind of the same six big dogs making it in different spots. But I'm a little bit higher on the Winnipeg Jets. I have them sneaking in after the big news yesterday. I think the vibes are going to be at an all-time high. The drama, all the distractions are cleared out of the way. And then when you look at this roster, now that all of that is pushed to the side, you kind of go, this is a pretty good hockey team. Yeah, it is. Um, Look, the Jets, could they be a playoff team this year? Yes, they could. Um, From like anytime you have Connor Hellebuck in your crease, you've got an outstanding chance. I think the one thing that I was, and, and you could probably say this about a bunch of teams that are on the fringes of the playoffs is, how do you go from being just a team that sneaks in to being a contender? And, and I'm not saying that Calgary and Vancouver are going to get there for instance, but um, you know, I think the jets, they're probably still not as good for as good as they were last season. They still said goodbye to Blake Wheeler. They still said goodbye to Pierre-Luc Dubois. And I like the depth pieces that they added from that trade with the Kings, but otherwise it's mostly the same team minus some pretty important production. So some might argue that it's addition by subtraction. I'm not sure that that's necessarily going to be the case. And I just happen to like where Vancouver is heading. I like where Calgary can bounce back to. I think for all the things that went wrong last year for Calgary, um, they only missed by two points. So I think they're right there in the mix. Yeah, it's easy to kind of forget how close the Calgary Flames were, and that's why I have them bouncing back in. At first, maybe a couple of weeks ago, I was like, are just the good vibes of no longer having Daryl Sutter around? Is that going to be enough to get them in? But then I remembered, oh, well, all they really need to do is improve by a couple of points, and if Jacob Markstrom's better, it's very easily it's very easy to see how they could do that. So I like that quickly before we get to our big segment with Murata Tesh. Is there one of the big dogs and I'll say Colorado, Dallas, the three in the Pacific and Minnesota as well. Do one of them appear to be more volatile than the others to you? Yeah, I, I would say if I had to pick one of those six, I would say Minnesota is a little bit vulnerable. Um, I, I think they can get a better year from Kirill Kaprizov than they got last year. Um, I think there's been some change on their defense. Spurgeon is out to start the year. That's a tough few weeks to start. Matt Dumba is not back for the first time in forever. Um, they need a lot and they're asking a lot of Philip Gustafson to go out and do it again. Uh, for the, the wild, it's all about withstanding these two seasons this year and next year while they have all this dead cap money and then they can vault into that contender category. If they can do it again, I think it's really the mark of a good team and a good core that's missing some support pieces to be able to do that. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Should be an interesting season in the West. Our Eastern picks coming tomorrow. Also, our awards picks coming tomorrow as we continue to preview a season that starts tonight. Let's move along to our big segment of the day. It's the All 32 with Murata Tesh. The All 32 is brought to you by Botano. Yes, there is hockey that you can wager on this evening over at Botano. The game starts now at botano.ca 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Murata Tesh covers the Winnipeg Jets for The Athletic. Very excited to have you on the show because there is some very big news to talk about, Murat. And from outside of Winnipeg, like this is a complete stunner. I could not believe this when I saw it come across my Twitter yesterday. Is it as big of a stunner in the Winnipeg market? And also, could you maybe shine some light on what changed and allowed these sides to all come together? Yeah, it's huge news. It's massive news to extend Connor Hallibuck and Mark Shifley seven years. Each of those starts at the beginning of next season. And I got to tell you, you know, when we started the offseason, there was a lot of question marks about what these guys' futures would hold. Um, there was a sense that, you know, Pierre-Luc Dubois was on his way out. Blake Wheeler was on his way out. Well, what about those next two foundational pieces, Hallibuck and Shifley? And I think at some point in the summer, something may have changed with respect to those players because you had a public change in stance from the Jets where Kevin Sheveldayoff was going from, we need to assess everything, we need to assess everything, to, well, hold on, guys. If we lose those two players, it's an awfully big hole from our team. I wonder if that's trade market related. I wonder if that's uh, just a response to finding out that, hey, these guys are actually interested in signing. And then by about summer's end, the Jets' verbal was all, and whether that was Mark Chipman, whether it was Kevin Dayoff, it was, we're a win-now team. These guys are very important. And that's when the thought, the possibilities, and, and, and even a couple of rumors about extensions began to build. But even when I woke up yesterday, I don't think that I thought it was uh, as pending as it was and that the news was just around the corner. Murat, you know, it's such a fascinating situation that the Jets are in right now. And I think you see this Hellebuck extension at an exact moment in time when a lot of teams are moving away from paying goalies big money and big term. Obviously, when you have a talent like Hellebuck, you can sleep soundly at night knowing that your team is going to be in the mix and competing. But what do you make of generally the theory of committing this much uh, to one player in a position where it seems to be going the other way league-wide. Yeah, you see that. I think over the last four or five years, a lot of the top teams move to a tandem or a 1A, 1B situation, even when they've got a lot of quality in those positions. You also see a lot of the world's best goalies over the years, and whether that's you know Henrik Lundqvist or Carey Price, 
they tend to, or if you go back at some of these guys' numbers, you know, by their mid thirties, it's not as automatic as as it was in the past that they're going to have an elite season. So there's some risk that Winnipeg is facing with this. And with an $8.5 million goaltender, there's not going to be quite as much room to spend in terms of a backup or a 1B situation. You do know, though, that at this stage of his career, you're getting one of the very best goaltenders on the planet year in, year out. Uh, like you said on the previous segment, any team with him on it is, uh, is a playoff bet or at least a possibility for the playoffs. And so I think that for the Jets, it's about mitigating or some of that risk uh, right now, Laurent Brassois is an unbelievably affordable backup and, you know, a plus goaltender at that position. But as the years go along, they're going to have to be very smart with their bets to sort of augment Hellebuck, make sure he's not playing 65 games every single season, even if he is their clear-cut number one, because they want him to be around for the long haul. And like you said, there is some risk to it. What about the risk involved with Mark Shifley? I mean, this contract's going to kick in when the guy's 31 years old. Is Shifley the kind of player who can continue to be productive into his late 30s? Yeah, the last time we were having this conversation in Winnipeg, it was about Shifley's mentor, uh, Blake Wheeler. And I don't think it should be lost on anybody that one of the reasons the Jets have the cap space and the flexibility to make these big bets on these guys right now is because they bought out Blake Wheeler this summer. And, you know, just before he turned 37. Well, these guys are under contract now until they turn 38. So they're betting, you know, when you get to the back half of these guys' contracts, Shifley especially, I think, uh, it's tough to project actually positionally. But when you get to the back half of these guys' contracts, there is a substantial risk that you're paying for performance that you're not getting at that stage. And Winnipeg has just seen it. In Shifley's case, you sort of, the optimist would point to the way he generates his offense. He's very good at protecting the puck along the wall. He's a hockey IQ guy. He's a vision player. There are players like that who have maintained high assist rates late into their careers. Blake Wheeler would be one of them. Joe Thornton would have been the best of them. I'm not sure if Shifley's quite in that tier of offensive player, but there's some stylistic similarity in the way he comes off the wall. Um, but, you know, I think we've all seen aging curves, and they tend to hit hard around 34, 35. And as much of a hockey nerd and a preparation freak as Shifley is, and he is, he should get credit for that, it's tough to bet against father time in the long run. Love the insight, Murat. Uh, enjoy covering the season out in Winnipeg. We look forward to chatting we look forward to chatting with you throughout the year. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, guys. Always fun catching up with Murat. You can catch his work over at The Athletic. Frank, hashtag AskDFO time. Let's dig into our inbox question. And actually, this one comes from the Facebook chat, Frank. And they want to know, a little bit more about your tweet today. The Blue Jackets shopping a defenseman. Who are they looking to move? Yeah, so that's actually a fascinating answer because the truth is the Blue Jackets don't know. Uh, they're open to seeing and trying to gauge the value of a number of different guys on their roster. I think the guy that they'd probably be most interested in trading is Boakvist, but I don't know if they have necessarily gotten the interest that they want. Uh, Jake Bean would be on that list. I think Andrew Peak would as well, probably in that order. But the real truth is wherever the Blue Jackets believe they can find or mine the most value is probably where they're going to uh, make a move as they look for some flexibility. Yeah, I mean, you look at who they have listed right now under cap friendly for their roster. Warensky, Severson, Provorov, Goodbranson, Peak, Boquist, and Bean 
him, Bernie's unsigned, and you know they're itching to get a guy like David Juracek in that lineup sooner rather than later. Yeah, I'd imagine you know any of the young guys that they have that are percolating uh, are probably in a spot where it's like, hey, if we can also create some cap flexibility as well, probably a good time to do it. Teased earlier in the show that tomorrow is going to be our awards picks, Frank. But I honestly feel like we can kind of knock three of three of them off the board with one question. Look at you, you go getter. <laughs> well, Connor McDavid wins the Art Ross, the Hart, and the Rocket Richard last year. Which one is he least likely to win this year? Uh, probably the Rocket Richard, but I don't even know if that's true. Like, I if you had to pick one, that would be it. Maybe you get pasternak or austin matthews has a ridiculous season or someone that comes and knocks him off of that pedestal i still think you know as one of my other bold predictions was not only is Connor mcdavid the third fastest player in nhl history to 1000 points which by the way he starts the season 150 away um it's that he also goes back to back scoring 60 goals the first guy in the nhl since pavel bure in 1993 and four tells you how hard it is to do but I just look at his season last year and how easy, ridiculously easy it seemed and effortless for him to score goals that, I don't know, I think that's going to continue. Winning the Hart Trophy in two of the last three years, do you not think maybe there'd be a little voter fatigue? If he just matched what he did last year, 154 points, are people still going to look at it and go, yeah, MVP caliber, or will they voters maybe start to make a case for someone else? Look, as president of the Professional Hockey Writers Association, I would never... Um, knock anyone's vote or thought process. Yep. But if Connor McDavid does what he did last year again, and he's that far ahead of everyone else in the league, and the Oilers are one of the very best teams in the league, I think you're going to have a really difficult time creating any sort of voter fatigue. That's that's not what this is about. It should be about recognizing excellence, and that's what Connor McDavid has consistently been. There is hockey on tonight, Frank, which means there are odds for games happening up on Batano. So let's dig into what I like this evening on Batano. We were going to talk about some future stuff, but we'll save that for tomorrow because your bold predictions had a couple of bets in there as well, um, specifically when it comes to the awards. But here's what I like tonight, Frank. A little double over parlay. Now, both these games are set at six and a half. I'm going to knock them down a goal to five and a half, play them together and get it at a nice plus 146. The Tampa Bay Lightning don't have Andre Vasilevsky. That right there tells me they're probably going to give up a couple of goals tonight. I don't think the Lightning are getting shut out on home ice on opening night either. It's easy to see how we can get to six goals tonight between the Predators and the Bolts. And then in Chicago and Pittsburgh, I think the Chicago team is going to be itching to get the offense rolling early. And I don't know. I don't love their goaltending, obviously. Pittsburgh at home, they should score a few. I don't know. It's the first game of the year. There's no stats to back any of this up. I'm betting purely based on vibes with this one. I like a couple of shootouts in Nashville, or sorry, in Tampa Bay and in Pittsburgh. And also... Hey, the only one that's making me nervous is Nashville. I think that's a team that's going to struggle to score this year. So uh, Tampa's probably going to score, as you mentioned, having Johansson and Nett, probably going to give up a few goals. Probably easy to see your way to five and a half or six but what about taking the late game though and doing the and doing the same thing with that between seattle and vegas yeah i mean aiden hill i don't know i i just don't think Jonas johansson's gonna be as even if nashville's in good offensively this year tonight against Jonas johansson they should be able to get a few which is why i like that one a little more all right let's see and it. then let's, let's make I'm, your record one and oh heading into the new season 
I'm also taking a shot prop tonight because you know I love taking shot props. Uh, I'm going with the over for Nikita Kucherov. He had at least three shots on goal in 52 of 82 games last year. He averaged 3.3 a game. This line is three and a half, but I think first game of the year, everyone's fired up. He'll be throwing plenty of pucks on net, and you're getting this thing at minus 102. I remember plenty of points last year where this line was like minus 150, minus 160. It wasn't even worth betting. So if you can give me Kucherov, Kucherov at three and a half, at a close to even money price tag. I'm going to take it early in the year, Frank. So those are my the two. Shot Prop King is back. We hope. We hope. Uh, let's wrap up the show with a little garbage time. What do you got? The NHL uh, has banned players from using pride tape this season. And that was a story that came out on Tuesday or on Monday uh, throughout sports and a really important story. Now, I'll say this. Um, I was actually on board with the NHL moving away from Pride Night jerseys and specialty jerseys for this season. And the reason for that is, one, because it was drawing negative attention to what should be really positive causes. And two, it reduced players from having individual choice. It, it eliminated that. You know, if you don't want to be part of something, there's nothing in this country that says, or in your country, that says that you should have to do that. And so freedom of expression, I think, is important. And this is just my own personal take. But the same thing applies here. Freedom of expression should be important. If you feel like you want to support whatever initiative you might it might be, in this case, um, you know, gay pride or whatever it might be using pride tape on your stick, the NHL rulebook says really clearly that tape of any color can be used on a stick. I'd just like to see someone at some point this year step up and use pride tape and buck the trend, go against the rule and see what the NHL has to say about it. Because if you want to take a step forward and make a statement on your own, you should be allowed to do that as well. Yeah. I saw a lot of people who were for this decision, I guess saying, well, it's just the NHL staying neutral. And it's like, well, no, this isn't staying neutral at all. This is banning something. So that's, this is, it's quite yeah. almost the opposite of being neutral. Like if you want to be neutral, just say, Hey, we're not going to mandate it. But if you want to wear it, have at her. That's what this should be. I, I just I couldn't believe this when I saw it yesterday. Yeah, the NHL is going backwards. And I just think when you make a decision like that, you're sending a pretty strong statement that the the phrase that you've been using for the last number of years, hockey is for everyone, just isn't true. So um didn't want to make too big a deal out of it, but just wanted to voice my my opinion that freedom of expression, I think, is key. And when you take that away from people. I think that becomes a dangerous thing. Mm -hmm. 100%. All right. Tomorrow, we're going to be breaking down Connor Bedard's debut. We're going to be talking about the first night of NHL hockey, getting ready for a six-game slate. Frank, the shows are writing themselves at this point. It is a good, good time of year. Enjoy the debut tonight in Pittsburgh. We'll chat again tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.